With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new week of Houston Sports Weekly, our weekly podcast on KPRC 2, 2 Plus, and Click 2 Houston. Dot com. We dive in just about everything. We've got over 30 episodes already since we uh, first launched this podcast. We have a lot of fun doing it and uh, talk about what is making news in H-Town sports. Great to have you with us again if you're listening or if you're uh, actually have it potted up and watching us right now as well. We appreciate that. Randy McAvoy, Ari Alexander with you. And, uh, man, we got a lot to talk about because March Madness is here. The state of Texas well represented. We've got Houston. We've got Texas. Texas A and M. Baylor. That team up in Lubbock, can, right? Uh, <laughs> in Fort Worth. T- Fort Worth. TCU sorry. can never forget about the Horned Frogs again. We have That's seven, right. Texas Tech didn't make it. I they did not. Waiting, we get an email from a Texas I know, Tech right? fan. We had yeah, seven, seven Texas schools made it. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Texas Southern, who is out now, yep. and uh, Texas A and M Corpus Christi. That's right. Who uh, is. Uh, I think they already played Alabama in their out. Yeah, they got knocked out already. But uh, they made it, though. Won the yeah. uh, Southland Conference. The Islanders. And, that's right. Shout out to again to Texas Tech. Sorry. You know, when, TCU. Didn't, didn't go so well there in London. Horned Frogs. Horned Frogs are, are in the tournament. Sneaky good. They're sneaky good. I have they play them, Friday, right? I have them losing to Arizona State. In in round one. In round one. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. They, uh, they have some that. inner turmoil going on. They had a kid who's actually from here in the Houston area who just recently left the program. He was a big part of their uh, near upset of Arizona last year in the tournament. Uh, Eddie Lampkin from Morton Ranch. Oh, yeah. Something happened there, and he's likely leaving the team. He hasn't played with them for the last few weeks, mm. and there was kind of something came out on Instagram. And, yeah. And uh, so I'm not a big fan of picking teams that have just some sort of like something going on, right? Even if we don't know all the details, like Alabama. Alabama is a good example of this. Mm-hmm. That I I think they're going to go far. I think they go to the finals, but I'm not picking them to win because they just have so much surrounding them that it's just kind of hard to want to pick that team to be able to deal with all the outside noise. Yeah, and uh, you know they're, they're an excellent team, but are, they're playing. See, Alabama is playing first round. Are they in Birmingham? They are. They're playing Maryland in the second round. Okay, so they're going to get Maryland, who won their. <laughs> they beat what West Virginia, I believe. And then it's either opening. San Diego State or Furman, so they oh, have wow. kind of a free and clear to the yeah. uh, to the Elite Eight. Yeah, Bama is good. Uh, you know, Auburn got to play in Birmingham as well, and they won their first game. As we're taping this, obviously it's Thursday. You know the results, kind of how things played out on Thursday, going into Friday, and of course the weekend as well. But uh, you know, Houston taking you know, taking on Northern Kentucky. You got Auburn already moving on. Auburn's going to have a home home base, whoever they do play there. Uh, in there in Birmingham. We talked about this. I told you, do not trust Iowa and Auburn. You were right on that. Knocked yeah. out Iowa. I guess I've, I watch I Iowa. Would, I thought Big Ten battle tested. They'd be ready, but there, I was interesting. So they're fun because Houston and Iowa have the same amount of quad one wins, and this is where I think that the whole like quad wins thing is stupid mm-hmm. because we watch a ton of the Houston Cougars. Yeah. 
I watch a ton of Iowa, and there's just no – like, there's these teams aren't close. And so you're looking mm-hmm. at, yes, Houston plays in, in a worse conference, but Houston has five quad one wins. They're 7-2 and two against the teams in this tournament, which is pretty strong. And then Iowa has five quad one wins. And so you'd think, oh, this is a sneaky good team. They have all these good wins. But then they, like, lost to Nebraska. They lost to Ohio State, and they play terrible against these teams they should they should be beating. And mm-hmm. they're, they got – they were almost a seven seed. If they wouldn't have choked out that first round of the Big Ten tournament, they would have been like a seven seed. And they're not good. They're not good. They don't play defense. And you saw that against Auburn. Yeah. Uh, tournament time is just fun. I mean, today we saw in the opening round, we saw Furman beat uh, F- Virginia, Virginia, right? For, Princeton. For, Princeton. Yeah. Just shocking Arizona. I Not only where you had Arizona, I had Arizona going pretty deep. I had them losing and to Baylor. One of my brackets, I had them going to Final Four. I don't remember. But. Uh, so you have an issue with you having multiple brackets. But well, you yeah. should have I one bracket. I don't play like five brackets. Okay. I'm like I'm in three of them. But I feel so. like you just you make your picks and you stick with, you know, because like, okay. Well, well, you get pressure from the groups you've always done and you don't, you don't want to tell the, people no and all that kind of right, stuff. Right. Just have one bracket you put in all of the things. Because, yeah, like, if you have a good uh, upset, yeah, you get them all across the board. But, like, then yeah. you didn't pick, you know, like, let's say you picked the Princeton upset in one of your bracket pools. Yeah. And that's, like, an, a huge win because right. no one else had that. Right. But then you had just the chalk Arizona and, like, six of the other bracket pools. Mm-hmm. Where, like, where's the fun in that? You got to pick. You have one bracket. Probably so. I don't know. But I'm wavering on a handful of games. It's like, okay, <laughs> this bracket, I'm going to go with this team. But I, I get your point. I get your point. But it, it's been a fun uh, opening uh, day of the tournament. It'll be a blast Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. As they all take a step uh, to the Sweet 16 and uh, Elite Eight, hopefully Houston. And as again, if we tape this, it's kind of a tight game with Northern Kentucky. I do expect them to pull away, but um, Houston has a shot now. But they play Auburn in round number two now Saturday yeah. if that holds up. And again, it goes back to that. Uh, they're going to have a nice crowd supporting Auburn right there in their backyard, basically. Which would be good for them. And But for Houston, the story has always been, can you make a Final Four in the city of Houston? Mm-hmm. And this came up, I remember, when 2017, when Phoenix had the Final Four, Arizona was really good. They were, I believe, a two-seed that year. And it, that was the same storyline. Can Arizona right. play in the Final Four an hour and 45 minutes from their home base at Tucson? Mm-hmm. And they lost to Xavier in the Sweet 16, and it just kind of goes nowhere. And so that's where like Houston has so many games to win before they make the Final Four. you got to win four games. Right. Northern Kentucky is weirdly giving them a test. I mean, I'm going to be honest, I don't watch a whole lot of Horizon League basketball, <laughs> but you would imagine... You didn't that, watch the tournament? Right? They didn't watch, no, not the Horizon League yeah. tournament. But you would imagine Houston would be able to get through them. Auburn's all right, but they lost. You know, Jabari Smith is here. Jabari Smith plays mm-hmm. for the Rockets. They don't right. have that level of guy. And then you look at the rest of their, I mean, Miami, Drake, eh, Indiana, Kent State. Like, that top corner, for them to be able to get to the Elite Eight just seems super doable. And then, you know, I think Texas A&M is good. Texas. I think they'd run into Texas. I think they'd run into Texas, too. I, I do. Would, I would love to see Houston face Indiana. Because of all the bad blood when Sam oh, left yeah, the program, with the, which is funny that this like his first time of face the thing that he did wrong is no longer like an oh, issue. It's not a rule anymore. Now. Yeah, you can text whoever you want. Oh it's, yeah, or like it was. I remember yeah. like Bruce Proling got in trouble with the Aaron Craft barbecue or something. And I, it's like something <laughs> you can do now. It's yeah, yeah. I mean that's a, I, I'd have to look up all the particulars of that exit from Indiana, but he obviously got in trouble and. There's there was bad blood on that deal for for Kelvin Sampson. I think down deep it still drives him. He would never admit it. I don't think, but he wants to show. And he also says, you know, being in the Hall of Fame is not a big deal. He doesn't feel like he's earned it yet. I, I think he's well on his way 
to being a Hall of Fame coach. I don't know how you feel. He hasn't yeah, won I the mean, national title, but you know, well, he's been there before. I don't think college basketball, and that's the one kind of nice thing about college basketball, I don't think it's determined in, certain, in terms of national titles unless you're one of like one of these five or six schools. Mm-hmm. How many Final Fours can you make? And he's done it. He right. made a Final Four with Houston. He made a Final Four with Oklahoma. He's mm-hmm. made a Final Four with two different programs. He took Houston from being awful some wins, yeah. to yeah. they're one of the better programs in the country now. Oklahoma was great when he was there. Indiana was online right. to do the normal things that Indiana's supposed to do based on their resources and talent mm-hmm. until he was fired and and so like over yeah I mean he's got a ton of wins he's made final fours he is a hall of famer why wouldn't he be yeah I mean uh you would love this is his first chance really legitimate chance being a number one seed this is the first time U of H has been a number one seed since uh 84 I think 83 84 five slam and yeah, jam era team Jammer. yeah and uh, they're they're there. They're on the cusp of having a chance to do it in their hometown. Uh, man, what a scene that would be! But as you mentioned, there's a lot to accomplish between now and then. It seems like hey, okay, they just win uh, four games and they're there. It's a lot tougher. Than it's that. yeah. I mean, they, I mean, look at what happened to Arizona. Arizona, sh- Princeton doesn't have athletic scholarships. <laughs> they give academic scholarships, and Arizona is one of the more power programs in the country their team is a little weird because after all the fbi stuff went down with sean miller they had the one down year in recruiting where he had to pull a bunch of foreign guys and so their whole team they have like the most international team of all time their whole team is made up of like a lithuanian guy an estonian guy uh, a couple players from from different parts of africa i think molly they have a guy who's from molly who played for an ex-arizona player uh, who now coaches the like Malian youth team. And so they have all these random guys that they would never have if there wasn't this big FBI issue. But those are good players. Like Kirk Creesa, these guys are like, they had like the Pac-12 player of the year runner-up, yeah. and you lost to Princeton. So like you kind of never know. These, you know, go First cold. Is 98, I think, for Princeton. Yeah. Tournament. Which is uh, Chris Young, who is now the uh, Rangers GM, played basketball at Princeton. He was a 6'10 wow. starting pitcher who has also played basketball for them, and I think he was on that team when they won. What do you think? Uh, okay, just say Houston can take care of business. If they get head to head with Texas, I mean, I, I haven't broken down the, the lineup of the Longhorns. I do know they're very athletic, they're big. Uh, and, I mean, what a job is it, Coach Rodney Terry? Is yeah, Rodney Terry. What, during that uh, whole situation. Uh, when he took over the program, they've discontinued a, a couple of slip-ups, but, man, they've maintained it very high level. They're good. I mean, they're they're a scary team, and they have guys that um, – they've got a kid named Dylan Mitchell, who is a five-star recruit who's supposed to be like a top-ten pick, and then he's kind of fallen off on the NBA draft boards. But there's a reason that he was ranked that high in the first place. Talent level's there. They have some older players that they mesh with right. some of these younger, talented guys. And they can play. They can win. They've already moved on. They took out Colgate, which was actually kind of a close game for a decent amount of it. Mm-hmm. I think Houston can win that game, but if anyone's going to give them trouble, it's one of the very few teams in the country that's just like more athletic than them. And Texas, right. I think, registers there. I found it surprising too when all the, when the brackets came out. Were you surprised? I mean, the, I'll just go to the guys on CBS and ESPN. Literally nobody that I saw picked U of H to go to the Final Four. Yeah, and I think that has to do with the Sasser injury. How yeah. because I think people it happens so close to when everyone's picking their games. Mm-hmm. It happened on Saturday, right? And so then he didn't play Sunday. And then everyone's kind of filling out their bracket Sunday and Monday and Tuesday. And so the first thing you're thinking of is, oh, their best player has a groin injury. And so I think that has right. a lot to do with it. Uh, President Joe Biden picked Arizona 
To win the to win the whole thing, to win the whole thing. Oh wow, it's already out, and Did so not go well for the no. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's. I mean, the, people are just sort of picking, right? There's yeah. there's not enough time in the day, if you're a sports fan who doesn't only follow college basketball, to watch enough of these teams to know how. Like I'm looking at like San Diego State and Furman, right? Like, come on. Anyone who pretends to know how San Diego State and Furman match up yeah. is lying to you, unless they're on the staffs of the I saw teams. a couple of posts on Facebook uh, tonight, too. Yeah, you know, I, I'll go with their word. They were saying, hey, my bracket's still intact. It's like, you picked Furman and Princeton? And Princeton? Yeah. Really? Okay. So, all right, let's 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 see your bank account because then you're the Furman-Princeton parlay, the money line parlay on those two games. You should be, throw 10 bucks, you probably won 1000 Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people's brackets were, were blown up. But, hey, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, now, here's the deal. If you don't know, everything's opening with U of H there in Birmingham uh, first weekend. If they win, things will shift with all these regionals. Uh, Midwest region will be in Kansas City. So Texas and Texas A&M, they're hanging out right now in Des Moines, Iowa. And if they meet in advance, whatever, they'll play on uh, Saturday as well. But um, they would advance out of Des Moines to Kansas City as well. So a lot of moving parts. And then you got to win two more in KC before you bring it back uh, to Houston. So uh, it's going to be a fun bracket to watch, man. Uh, after the opening day with a couple of surprises, it's it's what March Madness is all about. I think it's kind of clearing out for Alabama to make it through their bracket uh, to the Final Four so far. I'm looking that. Um, I like the Arkansas over Kansas upset. I've like had that the whole time. Yeah. I saw Bill Self did not coach today. I don't oh. know if he's coming back or, or what yeah, he's playing. Yeah, the medical issues. He had stints uh, put in the hospital last weekend. Scary. Yeah, but jumping from the hospital to a pressure-packed tournament. I mean, no, I, I mean, and how many coaches have – had heart issues or had to quit. Like, look at Urban Meyer, Jerry Kill. Right. Like, there are so many guys. It's a high – I would love to see – the cool thing that Whoop does now, I don't know if you know about the whole Whoop thing, so mm. I, I have it. It's a band that tracks your – how you sleep, oh, your yeah, strength. Oh, yeah, tracks everything. Yeah, yeah. so golf – it's really cool. So they work with golf now, and Patrick Mahomes, I think, has some sort of chunk of the company, mm -hmm. and he wears it in the game. And so during the Super Bowl, they tracked him, and he put up a strain of 20.6 out of 21. So he basically used like 96% of his body's energy playing in the Super Bowl. Wow. I'd love to stick that on a college coach. Especially like that would the, be cool. One of the insane yeah. ones, like Tom Izzo or like Sean Miller, that are just screaming yeah. and like just because he's not really doing the physical activity that the players are playing, right? But like, what's going on with your heart rate when I you said, are screaming at a I ref? Said it's an endorsement deal. They need to get these coaches signed yeah. up and then uh, the, the angriest, so like Fran McCaffrey on Iowa. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All right, uh, so good talk on uh, March Madness. That's a hot topic again. A lot of moving parts. Games are being played. Teams are getting kicked out. We'll see how it all uh, plays out as they move on to round number two uh, on Saturday for many teams and Sunday for the other teams that are playing Friday and Sunday as well. We'll see who moves on to the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. We're going to take a short break here on Houston Sports Weekly. When we come back, we'll talk a few minutes about uh, the other big news. We'll talk some Astros, I'm sure, because as of this taping right now on Thursday, we're two weeks out from opening day, and they will be here before we know it as the Astros are set to open the season at home at Minute Maid Park, I believe against the uh, Chicago White Sox, right? Yeah, yep. White Sox are here at Minute Maid Park, and maybe we'll dabble a little bit in the World Baseball Classic uh, talk in segment two, Houston Sports Weekly. We're coming right back. 
Hey, welcome back to Houston Sports Weekly. Randy McAvoy, Ari Alexander with you as we continue our discussion on this uh, 30-something edition uh, episode yeah. of this uh, Houston Sports Weekly. We lost, lost track, but uh, we enjoy doing it each and every week. If you missed segment one, uh, you, you heard us talk about March Madness and all the teams advancing and how brackets are shaking out, and uh, that will certainly be something to follow uh, coming up uh, over the weekend as well over the next two to three days as we march on to the final four here in H-Town, NRG Stadium here in just a couple of weeks. So, Ari, you're a big baseball fan. I'm a big baseball fan. Hey, man, we're now two weeks out. If you're listening to this after Thursday, less than two weeks, uh, it's going to be here, man. We're all in the middle of the World Baseball Classic. A lot of guys are away from their teams, but they play on trying to get ready for the opener. Yeah, it's going to mean two more weeks and uh, a lot of stuff going on that week. First of all, like Houston that week, that yeah, whole week, yeah, right? Crazy. McDonald's All-American game. Yep. Uh, which we'll see if we intend that uh, goes into. <laughs> yeah. We're still working on it. Yeah, that. still working yeah. on it. Goes still in, trying to figure out. Goes that. into yeah. opening day, and then I think so. Friday is probably like a pre, you know teams arrive or whatever, yep. and they the do World Series out. rings. Saturday is a game day. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so Friday is a workout day, right? So workout yep. day Friday for the Final Four teams. Saturday is a game day. It's also the day that you get Jeremy Pena bobblehead. So I'm reserving mine now. I want my Jeremy Pena World Series MVP bobblehead. And what day is that? Saturday. Saturday. Sunday, okay. I think they're giving. Well, I mean, out. you guys are, are tight. Maybe I, I can just ask one. Jeremy. Yeah, I'll. Yeah. I'll uh, yeah. <laughs> but I need one of those. He's your guy. Man. I wanted the Siri one. There's they got to have some leftover at. Really? Uh, there's a Sugarland Siri, Jose Siri one for Space Cowboys. I'm also tight with yeah. Jose Siri. Great okay. guy. Space Cowboys. Yeah, it's the Space Cowboys one. Okay. Uh, now Tampa Bay Ray, Jose Siri. Yep. But I want that bobblehead. We, we need the Pena one. And then Sunday is, I think, Jeremy Pena World Series replica ring day, which is another workout day for the national finalists. And then yep. Monday is the national finals. Around all of that, the Final Four attracts USA Basketball will be here, mm-hmm. on top of, obviously, all the people with McDonald's All-American. And... Every single basketball agency you can think of, Clutch will be here, CAA will be here, et cetera, et cetera, because those guys are recruiting those McDonald's All-American players and for NIL. Okay. And so Houston is going to be the center of the basketball universe, and we got to figure out who we're going to see courtside at these games. Because, you know, Houston's a desirable place to go. This is yep. not Salt Lake City where people are complaining, why is the All-Star game there? This Houston's a place people want to be. I have a good feeling about the type of celebrity that we're going to draw for the Final Four. Megan the Stallion is already performing. Okay, that'd I'm, be good. Drake uh, just dropped a tour. He's coming here June 21st for a concert. Mm-hmm. I'm already having people ask me for tickets. I don't know. I don't have tickets. I want the tickets. <laughs> uh, I have a feeling Drake could be courtside. Uh, probably so. It's, it's going to be a who's who's list. Man. I think so. Is Paul Paul Wall? You think he'll Paul, yeah, but he's here already, right? Yeah. So like he'll be around. Yeah. I would imagine. He'll find a way to get tickets. Bun B's. Uh, Trillburgers works with the Houston uh, Harris County Houston Sports Authority quite a bit with right. their events. I assume he'll have a big part of it. Uh, I feel bad for the Astros because yeah. they're busy. Right. And right. you would think, you know, an Alex Bregman, a Jeremy Pena, those guys that like basketball would want to go to the games. They can't. They're playing at the same time. Like, that yeah, sucks. I feel bad for them uh, yeah, that, they're, that it's all here and they're 10 minutes away They'd and they there. can't go. They'd be there in a heartbeat. Yeah, it's going to be a crazy week all week long. We'll have it covered on KPRC 2, 2 Plus. Click to Houston.com. All that uh, good stuff. Hey, uh, we got a little bit of an interview that we'll run on this segment, Ari, uh, from Jeremy Payne. You brought him up. I said, you know what? We got some sound we can run from okay. spring training that people haven't heard yet. We'll run a little bit of that. But 
just general thoughts on what you've been hearing out of camp. Uh, it seems like for the most part, outside of McCullers, I have not seen a McCullers update unless you've seen one. So when recently it was that he's well, everything feels fine and he'll start throwing soon. Because that's because we I was there what three three weeks ago or whatever. Yeah, and they thought in two weeks from then he would start throwing. Obviously, it's been a little longer. So, I'm, that's it's alarming. It won't man. be opening day. No. And neither and, will uh, Michael Brantley, but Jordan yeah. seems to be okay. I've talked to some people close to Jordan Alvarez, and everything I'm hearing is they're not worried about the hands, and it'll be fine, and he'll play, yeah. and it won't be an issue. Well, I'm, I am concerned about Lance McCullers Jr. Yeah. Uh, because he's basically going to have to start from scratch. For, to ramp up. To ramp up. It's going to be like he, you know, because he never really started uh, a little bit in the offseason, but once he got to camp, he threw a bullpen, and then he was shut down. Um how long that will take? Are we now looking at? I mean, is middle of June now more realistic? I don't. I wouldn't even be that, be that pessimistic. He, I think he, he can have go a setback. To, I think he goes in May. Okay, I think he misses I mean, a month because they start in late March. Yeah, I think he ramps up all April. That would give him four weeks in May. Is that enough? Yeah, I think he you ramps. Know, he ramps camp, up. Spring camps four to six weeks long. You so know? he, yeah, he ramps up a little bit. He maybe makes a couple starts in AAA and then gets ready to go. And maybe the first second week of May, yeah, comes back. But they have five starters. The issue is what happens if any of those five guys go down. Right. Um, because we just saw... They just didn't force Whitley down, so he's not going to be a fan. No, and, he's, and so that means that... And uh, J.P. France, I've, I've read, is coming back from an injury. He's even a guy that's not necessarily a starter anymore. Yeah. Uh, he'll probably start games in AAA, but they kind of like him out of the bullpen. Sean Dubin has really, really struggled in uh, spring training so far as a guy that probably projects long-term to better as a bullpen piece, which is why we see Ronel Blanco... Mm-hmm. being moved to starter, something Dana Brown had an idea, yeah. which is why I like they Dana Brown camp, because yeah. he's fresh eyes, right? So mm-hmm. you have your set scouts and everything, and they've kind of determined this guy's a starter, this guy's a reliever. Worst case scenario, this guy's a starter, not working out, we'll move him to a reliever, whatever, moves mm-hmm. on. But then Dana Brown comes in and he looks at Ronald Blanco and goes, why can't that guy be a starter? Well, I don't know. He's been a reliever for five years. Well, he's a reliever. Mm-hmm. He's our closer in AAA. Yeah, but why can't he be a starter? All right, let's try and make him a <laughs> give starter. It, give it a shot. Why it's not? kind of working so far. He just yeah. threw three and a third innings today, scoreless. Looks good. good. Uh, mainly two pitches, but has a curveball and a changeup. Uh, this is going to sound insane. I'm going to back this up, and I actually checked with a few people on this, and they told me it's not insane, but it's like getting there. Mm-hmm. He reminds me the stuff is like a slightly lesser version of Spencer Strider on the Braves. Okay. Fastball slider, Strider throws two pitches, Blanco throws two pitches. Strider throws harder. But in terms of the pitch shape, what they do, the vertical break, the release point, all of those things, it's like a, like a poor man Spencer Strider. And Spencer Strider nearly won the rookie of the year last year. He is going to be one of the best pitchers in the NL. And you have Ronel Blanco, whose pitch shapes look like this guy, yeah. who's like maybe your so, seventh so starter. So he's a name fans can look forward to. Yeah, I think see so. See if he can break in and... Uh, be another arm that they can rely on this coming season. Hey, real quick, a couple of minutes. Uh, let's listen in to Jeremy Pena from spring training. So I worked more of, a little bit more on my body. And, uh, you know, last year, towards the end of the year, I felt like I was getting a little tired. And uh, so this year we worked on a couple of things to, uh, you know, more routine-based, kind of knowing what I have to do in season to – Stay on top of my game. Walk us through the mindset going in when you know you got that bullseye on your back and you guys are the favorites again. I mean, the mindset is to keep getting better, you know, keep winning ball games, and uh, yeah, make it to the playoffs and have a deep round again. So uh, 
that's always been the mentality. We have a winning, winning culture here, and everyone's on the same page. We just turned the page. You know, last year is last year. You know, we have a new year coming up. You know, we already enjoyed it. Uh, we celebrated, but now it's time to, you know, lock back in. And now we have a new goal, which is to go back and hopefully win it again. What was the success like for your family, especially your dad who played the big leagues, and the rest of your family as well? I mean, it's actually special that I get to share with my father, you know, both being big leaguers now. You know, he always had his stories when he played in the big leagues. Now I have some stories I can share with him, and uh, it's special. What are your expectations for yourself in your second season? Just keep improving, you know, be consistent, you know, on both sides of the game, defense and offense, you know, and uh, yeah, the goal is to stay healthy, play the full year, and help the team. Does your offseason training at all differently than now that you have a year under your belt? And, and know, you know what to expect, I guess, in the big A little bit. You know, I, uh, I would say I was a little more focused, and I knew things I had to work on. I wasn't just working to work. It was actually working on the right things. And, um, yeah, that's, that's going to be the, the goal this whole year, you know, putting intent behind every single practice, behind every single swing, behind every single rep. And he's, you know, my first manager in the big leagues, and, you know, he was great to me since the first day. You know, he gave me all the confidence in the world. You know, even when I was struggling last year, he was still, you know, playing me. He was still giving me advice. He was still encouraging me to keep playing my game, you know, keep playing hard and have fun. So, you know, shout out to him. All right, that's Astros uh, shortstop Jeremy Pena. Uh, he's ready for a, uh, another breakout season as well to top off what he did last year. He's in the middle of the World Baseball Classic. Any Anything that will surprise you from him this year based on, I guess, how he's able to finish your, uh, this past season and the postseason? So with Jeremy, there's two things I'm looking for. One, can he translate that little leg kick thing that he changed at the end of the year to hit sliders better? Uh, which is what he did great in not only hitting sliders better, but he would lay off pitches that he'd normally chase in the playoffs. And the other thing is, he's one of the fastest players in the league, but he doesn't run a lot. Kyle Tucker is not one of the fastest players in the league, but he does run a mm-hmm. lot. I think that both... 30-30 I mean, guy should be. Tucker yeah. should be a 30-30 mm-hmm. guy. I think Pena could be a 25-25 guy. Yep. He has the speed. It's just the recognition of when do I run, when do I get my jump. He's got, just pure from a speed standpoint... Jose Altuve once stole 50-some bases back in the day. Pena's faster than Altuve. There's no mm-hmm. reason he can't steal 20-plus bags. All right. Hopefully a breakout year for uh, Pena. Get him back healthy for the World uh, Baseball Classic as well. We are out of time. Uh, hey, thanks for hanging out with us on Houston Sports Weekly. We will do it again next week. We inch a little bit closer to the Final Four. And, of course, another week closer to the start of a baseball season as well. Thanks for watching. And listening, as always, for Ari Alexander, I'm Randy McAvoy. So long for now. We'll see you next time on Houston Sports Weekly.